something to believe Maybe it's God for you Maybe you think that everything's a lie Lord, I hope that isn't true Some folks live personal wealth That'll lose you forever a coin Some folks just believe in themselves And they carry it in their growth we all need something to believe. Hello everyone, I'm Jeff Benda, and you're listening to the Fargo Catholic Podcast. My wife Melissa and I are taking our three-and-a-half-year-old daughter Lucia to Tampa, Florida in a few weeks. We're going to spend time with my parents... And in planning this trip, I am quickly discovering that the cost of admission to kid-friendly places like the aquarium, the zoo, or the amusement parks in Florida are ridiculous. So that led me to think and pray about the question, what is the cost of admission for eternal life? What is the price to get into heaven? My family can't even think about ever being able to afford the price of admission to Disney World. And that's just to go and worship a mouse. So what's the price for eternal joy and eternal happiness? What's the price to be united with God? To experience that fullness that we all yearn for? Most of my students and their parents think that all it takes to get into heaven is to be a good person. And to just let other people be good people. Or you have the group of people who believe that in order to get to heaven, you just need to go to Mass on Sundays. Unless, of course, you're at the lake or on vacation. Then you have an excuse to miss Mass. But go to Mass on Sundays and check off all those Catholic boxes in order to get to heaven. But all those ideas would be wrong. That's not the price of our salvation. That's not the price to get into heaven. That type of thinking has somehow snuck into being popular. But the belief that we can attain righteousness and heaven by only our own efforts, is called Pelagianism, which is a heresy from the 5th century. Pelagian argued that the holier we are, the more we do good things, the more we are sure that we're going to heaven. But that's wrong. The price, the cost of admission for eternal life is the life of death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that alone. The cost for us to experience eternal life is His blood. Shed for us. Freely given. That's it. No matter how great we are, no matter how smart we are, no matter how nice we are to people, only Jesus Christ has the power to open up the gates of heaven. We don't deserve it, and we could never earn it. It is a gift freely given. And that fact alone should bring us eternal joy. Because God became flesh. He lived and taught us, suffered, died, and rose again, so that all of us could have a relationship with him. But now by hearing that fact, I don't want any of you to think, sweet, if Jesus did all the work, I guess I can sit down, put my feet up, and relax. Thank you, Jesus. Good job, Jesus. I'll see you in 50 or 60 years. We need to allow Jesus' love, his gift, to change us, to transform us. 
The gospel reading from two Sundays ago was from Luke chapter 5. It's the story of when Jesus gets on the boat with Peter, James, and John for a little fishing trip. And Jesus tells Peter, Hey, go out into the deep water and lower your nets for a catch. And Peter replies, and I'm paraphrasing here, Dude, we fished all night and haven't caught anything. But sure, we'll listen to you and do what you say. Why not? Now, for those of you listening to this podcast who don't know me personally, you should know that I am a huge hunter and fisherman. And right now in North Dakota, the only way to try and catch any fish is through the ice. And with all this cold weather we've been having for a very long time, there's about two and a half feet of ice on our lakes. So those of us who are hardcore ice fishermen bundle up, we drive out onto the frozen lake, cut a hole about 6 to 10 inches wide in the ice, drop our line down there, and hope we can find and catch a fish. And here's the really frustrating part about ice fishing. You might be parked in one spot in your warm ice house, not catching a thing all night, like Peter, James, and John did. But then you got this buddy, this guy who's willing to try something different. That guy is not going to fish in the same spot all night. He's going to leave the warm ice house, go out in the cold, and drill 20 different holes in the ice and move around. And that's the guy, the one who tried something different, who went farther out. That guy will most likely catch his limit of walleye. Jesus led Peter to do the exact same thing. He challenged Peter to go deeper. Go where you didn't expect to go. Become something new. Peter listened to Jesus and did what he told him. He dropped his net way out in the deep water and ended up catching more fish than he had ever seen before in his life. Jesus Christ entered into Simon Peter's life, challenged and changed everything, and Peter became the greatest fisherman ever. Not just a fish, he became a fisher of men. But I think there are a lot of us, me included, that believe that if we invite Jesus into our lives, that Jesus is going to change everything. We become so afraid of what that grace will do when it replaces the vices and sin in our lives that some of us, quite frankly, enjoy. We're afraid we're going to lose ourselves, or at least lose something. But look at Simon Peter. He didn't lose anything by listening to Jesus, by following Jesus, by saying yes to Jesus. He became the greatest fisherman ever seen on the lake of Gennesaret, which, by the way, is the exact same thing as the Sea of Galilee. It's also called the Sea of Tiberias. A little side note from the teacher in me, the Sea of Galilee is actually the largest body of fresh water in Israel, and at 700 feet below sea level, it's the lowest lake in the world. And it's also home to a huge annual carp fishing competition. They've been known to catch carp as big as 36 pounds, but that also means the lake is now horrible for catching any decent fish. Anyway, back to Simon Peter. When Simon Peter encountered Jesus, his work, his power, Peter notices his failures, his shortcomings. He falls to his knees and tells Jesus, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. And what's interesting here is that Jesus doesn't tell Peter, Oh, forget about your sins. Don't worry. They're okay. Just don't do bad things to good people. You'll be okay. No. 
He calls Peter to go deeper. He steps closer to Peter. He eventually will free Peter of all his sins and will then call him to be a fisher of men and the Catholic Church's first pope. For all of you listening to this Fargo Catholic podcast, this right here is the faith that we profess, that we can never merit our own salvation, that what we receive at Mass on Sunday, what we receive in our Catholic faith, is a radical gift given to us. Jesus calls us to cast our nets into places we've never gone before. To go where Christ calls us to let Jesus transform our hearts and our lives. We need to allow Jesus to liberate us from our sins, to fill us with grace, because Jesus calls us to evangelize others, to make this love that we have experienced known to others in the world around us. Here in Fargo, North Dakota, the current temperature is 10 below zero. So I am really looking forward to my family's trip to Tampa, Florida. But the greatest place any of us can yearn to journey to is heaven. And that gift of eternal life, that cost of admission, it's been paid for us. May we all come to enjoy and appreciate what has been given to us by our Lord Jesus Christ to allow that to settle deep within us, that God loves us, that Jesus Christ has set us free from our sins and he invites us to make his love known and to fill the world with the joy of the good news, the joy of the gospel.